0: Welcome to the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. We've done a lot of sports so far this month as we should. I mean, that's why we are all here, obviously, but it's time to break some things up because there's a lot happening in fandom and nerd culture and pop culture. Um, We're going to do that for a couple of weeks here over the next little bit. So hope everybody is ready to enjoy and decompress from all the sports that are happening for a little while no one else to do that with other than our pal Muhammad Mehdi. Muhammad, what is going on, man? Nothing much, man. I'm excited. I just
1: watched uh, *Werewolf by by Night* uh, earlier today. Uh, I I said the name right, right? You did. You got it. Yep. There you <laughs> it's go. been a very long day, so I was like, "Was that it?" I'm pretty sure it was. We're, we're very uh, invested. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm ready to go. I was just watching a cat documentary a little while ago, like 20 minutes ago. So um real prime for tonight did
0: you say a cat documentary
1: yeah it's on netflix it was on my algorithm
0: so of course it was of course of course it was um man you are just gonna just get me way off tracks already (laughs) i need to now find this cat document of course it's not going to be anywhere in my algorithm oh can you it's uh it's called inside the mind of a cat it's actually pretty interesting I'm sure Our cats we were tuned okay. in, too, because they saw the here, other cats. Here it is, here it is. In this warm-spirited documentary, scientists, historians, and experts explain the many abilities of cats and the relationships between feline and human. Pretty good. Uh, anyway, so we are here today. We're going to talk uh, MCU today, as we normally do. We'll get into some non-MCU stuff uh, here later in the month, early next month, but A lot happening in the MCU. So we're going to start with, this happened, I think, three weeks ago now it's been. Um, The Deadpool 3 trailer dropped. We obviously got some very, very exciting news. If you've been living under a rock or you're just not really a big Marvel head and yet you come to listen to this podcast anyways, first off, I appreciate you. Second of all, um, Wolverine's just back. Hugh Jackman is just back. He's not only reprising the role of Wolverine, but he's going to be in the MCU. Um, obviously something that fans like us have been really pining for, for uh, 20 years, basically, since the X-Men movies were, were coming about, and then Disney uh, acquired Marvel, and then we got all these Marvel movies, the MCU, uh, a match made in heaven, something that we're really, really excited for. Muhammad, first off, what were just kind of your initial thoughts when that trailer dropped and you saw, you know, Hugh Jackman walk across screen? So I will preface by saying, I
1: I kind of got it spoiled, like it was all over the Twitter timeline, where it was like, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman, so uh, I was like, okay, so I saw the trailer, and then I saw it was two minutes, and I like kind of tuned out for like the first minute, I had to go back and rewatch it, but like, honestly, I was like, I wasn't paying attention, because I was like, where's Hugh Jackman, <laughs> where's Hugh Jackman, and then just see, I was like, there's no way he's actually in it, and then you see him across, and, and then classic Deadpool fashion of the puns and uh just like you know like I will always love Hugh and Uh like coming Uh soon I was like they're they're being so reckless so um but very excited Uh, I feel like it's been so long since I've seen Hugh Jackman in that role and even though he was just kind of in what like a, a tank top just walking across the stream um maybe you want to go back and rewatch everything um, from the X-Men universe. Um, all of the, even though the, the, I love all of the, the X-Men, not all of them, most of them. Um, and the, the Wolverine movies felt like they went a little bit off track, um, but I still enjoyed them. You know, there's still a lot of love of action and um, he just does a great job, but specifically I wanted to go back and watch Logan. Uh, and I haven't had the time or the chance to, to get in and back into it just yet, um, but that's definitely
0: on my list. Definitely before I check this one out. Absolutely, and you know, for, I mean, first I was with you when I saw. It, so I saw it on Twitter. I didn't. I saw the trailer first before I saw any tweets, so I didn't have anything spoiled. So I'm watching. I'm watching, and you know, when you're watching something and it's Ryan Reynolds talking, right? You always have to have your guard up, right? You you always think it's going to be fake, or you always think it's going to not have the whole truth. And then, you know, Hugh Jackman walks across screen. I'm just like, oh, okay, haha, ha. they're being funny. You know, everybody knows that those guys are buds and you know, it's been a running joke to get these guys together in a, in an MCU movie of this fashion. And I just did not believe it until the screen cuts and we get the official logo and, and the date comes up and I'm just like, wait, what? And then like you, I had to go back and rewatch it to like with the context of this is actually a real trailer. Um, right. So super fun and exciting you mentioned logan and i know there has been some pushback not not really in the circles that i kind of follow or frequent frequent i know i'm very excited about this and most people that i know are but there are circles out there in terms of man logan was just such a perfect ending to this character right. to this run of hugh jackman specifically being wolverine um do you care about that? Do you care that, that we're now kind of going back cuz obviously this doesn't take place after Logan? Um do you, so do you care that we're getting kind of a a a, a coda to uh uh Hugh Jackman being Wolverine?
1: No nah, man, give me more. <laughs> give me more and
0: like it, it
1: can we can mess with the timeline all we want. Uh, I I think uh you know, other universes, other timelines or before the ending um, I think that the ending is still like, won't be affected, right? Like, like my image or the, my reaction and how fondly I remember watching that movie isn't going to change, but, um, just having Hugh Jackman back in, in the role back in my life as, uh, as a uh, Wolverine, just, it feels really special. So, um, and, and, you know, you never know if he's going to, Put this back on again we, we never thought he would
0: so having him at least one more time i think i think that's what gets me excited yeah for sure and i, I was just doing some double checking here so it looks like canonically the movie logan took place in 2029 which was earlier than oh, i anticipated okay. and remembered and obviously Endgame game um that year was 2023 So I mean, it'd be very easy to just like slide this somewhere in between and be like, ah, this happened before. But like you said, I mean, we're in a whole new world of multiverses and timelines and all this stuff that could really change. Uh, Well, not change, but uh, give us reasons to think this can just happen with no problem, right? And come on, guys, this is a movie about comic books about a half-dead guy who like can't be killed, and then a guy with claws in his hands. Like, come, (laughs) we as seriously as you and I take this, and as much as we love it it's silly and like dead people come back all the time in the comics so guess what they're going to come back in this and for for yeah. the movie snobs yeah man just just be happy we're, we're getting him back we i did not i don't know about you uh, some names that have been tossed around for, as wolverine the last few years you know, daniel Radcliffe, Channing Freedom right. uh there's uh, i can't think of all of them now but there's some wacky ones i there's not a wolverine out there for me right now especially in such a critical juncture of the mcu where they're kind of taking a lot of fire for a lot of things and in terms of the quality of the movies they have and rushing things you can't put a bad wolverine out there not when you're just getting ready to uh put the put the x-men put mutants in you have to start off on the right foot and this is the way to do it
1: right kind of off topic but Um, I I was just as we were talking thinking about the scene in X-Men Origins with uh, the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool that like no one talks about plus uh, Hugh Jackman and you know they're going to reenact something like that. And so, you know, while I'm excited for the movie and and all that, it's just gonna be a lot of fun like both of these actors and you know, Hugh Jackman definitely has like a comedic side to him as we saw and we've seen him in other roles outside of Wolverine and and so I think it'll be excited to see kind of a lighter side um of him throughout this because there's no way he's gonna be dead serious like some of the earlier x-men movies so um it'll be excited
0: for him to have another take um as this wolverine it's gonna be really cool it's gonna be really fun to, to talk about some of the just logistical pieces of this um when the trailer dropped the date that was listed on it was september 6 2024 as of right now that's been pushed back just a couple months to november 8 2024 this is all stemming from the Blade movie changing directors, or I should say their director leaving. I don't think there's a new director at this time, um, but everything after Blade has been pushed because of that. So Deadpool, Fantastic Four, um, Avengers Secret Wars, just just a few and a few other things have been pushed back at least a couple months. But this was something you and I talked about when we, co- when we talked about Comic-Con, when we did our reaction pod to that was everything feels very condensed but there's still a lot of time for things to get spaced out and whether it's just right. logistical reasons or they want to even add in another project somewhere um right. down the line i mean yeah 2025 2026 aren't that long from now but it's long enough that we could easily say oh by the way that movie that we said is coming out in 2025 20- is now coming out in 2027 you know big whoop um which right. I think would just kind of be a benefit. So that's where we're at on Deadpool 3. Anything else with that or the the schedule releases that you would want to talk about?
1: Yeah, I, I'll say that it, it feels like their job is to get people excited. And so having a release date of 2028 for Avengers versus they can just say, like you're saying, 2025, 2026, and then move it later. And then by that point, we'll have been it will be in 2024. It's like, oh yeah, it's only getting pushed back like a year. Like, that's fine. Like, I can wait like, you know, a few more like months, additional months for that. Whereas like, if we heard now that they're pushing it all the way back to 2028, I think there would be some rage um, and some anger. Whereas like, now we're all excited. It's like two Avengers within... To Avengers movies within like five or six months when you know when it was originally announced. Um, and we all got excited, it worked, right? And then, of course, knowing the logistics and all of the work that it takes to make all of these projects, probably not realistic. So
0: anything that they can do to keep excitement high while also increasing their chances of success is going to be really, really important over this time. They've been uh, you know. Uh, ridiculed for like the quality of the stuff that's coming out and the the uh, like how diluted it feels right okay you're now making all these tv shows plus these movies mm-hmm. you're doing it in a such smaller timeline and again that's covid related so hopefully in the next three to four years things will feel a little more normal but if they're going to continue making tv shows and specials and things of that nature you do wonder a little bit about, okay, can they keep this timeline up? So yeah, space it out as much as you want. And in terms of like doing things differently too, because to to my knowledge at this time, I did a quick Google search just to be sure, but Deadpool is going to be the first R-rated MCU movie. And that's a big deal for Marvel. That's a big deal for Disney. Um, It's a big deal in terms of that is going to limit how many people go to this movie just because there are, Obviously, families that bring kids, even on opening weekend to these movies, there are uh, just casual viewers who go because it's a nice superhero movie. And if they see its rated R, they're going to be turned off by it. People right. like you and me don't care. People who a, like the comics and people who are just, you know, adults and want to see that. And of course, Deadpool did very well on its own. But in terms of bringing it to the MCU, doing something a little differently, what do you think about the R-rated uh, topic of this movie and how it kind of fits in with you know the the critics and fans you know right. feelings about the movies in general these days
1: yeah i definitely think
0: it's different from marvel and disney um
1: but i'm here for it right like i think mm-hmm. i think we need some variance i i think it if if we well, one, the Deadpool franchise can't be PG thirteen. Like, there's no, way. there's no way this yeah. could be in the MCU with, or they they could have this movie without it being explicit. Um, but two, looking at some of the other titles that are out, like you know, we'll be talking about it in a little bit, but the Werewolf by Night, uh, and then um, Daredevil coming out, uh, darker tone, darker series. But each each of these projects should have their own feel right and that's true to their the nature of the the character Uh, and i think um i'm hoping it's not the first one that that kind of branches out from what's been traditionally you know the the mcu or marvel formula of lighthearted but action uh, but it keeps it within that pg-13 realm of like even though there are these fight scenes We rarely see any like gore or, um, or any like violence, uh, really outside of just like the, the traditional fight scenes, um, which honestly, it doesn't bother me too much, but I think, you know, even when I watch something like, uh, um, I'm, I'm actually rewatching the original Daredevil and just like the tone and the feel and the grittiness of it, um, I wish we could get that a little bit more in the MCU. I, you know, seeing it on the big screen and and seeing um, a little bit more of them getting out of that that stone that they that that I feel that we've been in for the past fourteen years. Um, I think I, I think I'm here for it, and I, I hope they kind of branch out
0: before and after uh, dare, uh, not dare, after Deadpool. <laughs> We're gonna talk Daredevil. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Um... Yeah, it's going to be it's very exciting because we are right in the middle of the MCU and Marvel and Disney doing different things. And And one of those things that we're going to talk about here now is Where We'll Find Night, which came out just a couple of weeks ago or just yeah, a couple of weeks ago now as well. Um, and it's a it's a they call it, a I think, a Halloween special a holiday special. It's a quick little 52 minute call it whatever you want, movie, uh, TV episode, but it's, it's a one of one kind of thing on its own, standalone, less than an hour. Um, it's it's actually an old story. I think there's a comic related. There might even be an old version of this out there, but um, it, it's set in the like 30s, 40s, very uh, horror film-esque. It's black and white. It has a real like almost um, uh, like a, a dinner theater uh, murder mystery kind of feel to it right so like if you've ever watched any of the like live action versions of like Clue or anything like that where it's like all these people show up to this place and then like one by one somebody dies yeah yeah it's very much in that kind of realm so it's a lot of fun um, it, it just to go through some of the basics directed by Michael Giannaccio starring Gail Garcia Bernal, Laura Laura Donnelly, Harriet Sansom Harris, um, just a quick little taste of, of something different. And it shows kind of, okay, can we be moving into this Marvel horror, something with a little more violence, not too violent. I mean, right. this was only rated like TV 14, but when the opening credits started to roll and it even started to show stuff, I was like, wait a second, I didn't look. how how intense is this about to be like what, what i probably should have paid attention to this so i knew the tone going in but it had that like kind of creepy crawly feel that you don't expect from marvel um and just really a lot of fun and and you're in, like you you said this but you're in and out quick you get a very different story but it has that same like marvel excitement to it it starts with the opening comic book sound going across and, and all the images that we know with a little twist on it so talk about what you like about werewolf by night and again um for anybody listening we are giving away a little bit of what's going on in these shows uh so for the most pretty much completely so if you don't want to be spoiled go watch it and then come back for the conversation
1: yeah, uh, I'll start with a fun fact. Uh, Michael Giacchino is the composer for the Batman and uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So uh, when, when I saw this, his name across, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool uh, to see him kind of in, in a different realm. Because uh, those two, first of all, those two soundtracks are great. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, Again, as you were talking, just seeing the the different uh, intro credits that we, you know, we see and it being a little bit more haunted. Uh, Love the black and white. I really felt like, uh, I I don't watch many of these, but like a 60s horror movie, you know, the black and white and Mm -hmm. even like some of the animations for... uh, for for that character was it named Ted? <laughs> uh when I saw it was like who the heck is a spoofy punk? Uh <laughs> and then like as we got color and whatnot, like it was uh, a lot cooler. Um but you know it just had that very traditional old school horror movie feel. Um like you saw the um I guess the father figure or the leader uh coming out of the casket and like this Low, it felt like a low budget, but you knew it was a high, like a medium to high budget, um, but it was cool to see. Like I, it took me a little bit to get wrapped up into the universe, um, but then once we got into that room where we had all of the, the monster hunters, and they had their task, and then they were going into the maze, I was, I was sucked in. I was, uh, it, it felt like a really cool world to be in, and I think 50 minutes was a, was a great overall time to, to kind of spend in this universe. Because I think after that, I was just like, oh, I, I think I'm good to, to kind of leave this world. Um, but uh, I thought the the action sequences were really cool. I thought it was very well shot. Um, I really liked that the, um, was it the sword um, or the the gem that they were after was the only thing that was kind of had had the color until the end. Yep. Um, little things like that. I, I thought it was just very well um very well executed. Um, and then, like you said, it was like violent, but it wasn't like <laughs> my man's arm was off, but there was really no blood or anything. It was, but, uh, but I like them moving in that direction, you know? Uh, so, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I hope they make some more content like this. That's just like, you know, it's not a whole 10 episode series. It's just like one off 50 minute. You can just
0: watch it in an afternoon or Sunday morning type of show. Got out. Uh, but you know arm coming off leonardo Nam uh from fast and furious tokyo drift uh makes an appearance in here so that was a lot of fun just constantly getting you know schwacked two-thirds of the way through things that he's in Mm -hmm. let's set the stage a little bit where we've been talking around it but just so the listeners if you haven't watched this and you're thinking about it but you're like okay what is this actually about you open up on One by one, these characters are coming into this mansion. Basically, they're all monster hunters. They're kind of talking about how how many kills they have. They're talking about like some of the stuff they do, what weapons they use. So they're monster hunters. So think people that are chasing werewolves and vampires and zombies and blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, They're brought there by this main monster hunter, this guy that uh, hires them out basically. for one last hunt to decide who's going to take his place as he's just passed. His uh, wife is kind of the one talking them through what's going to be happening. Um, we have a mystery character kind of come in and you know is uh, someone that not everybody seems to really know but kind of know. You have the daughter of this now dead leader come in and she has uh, she wants a claim to it as well even though she's not one of them. Um, and they all have to basically hunt this monster. Uh, for the right to become basically the leader of this group. So uh, also adds in that like almost a cabal feel, almost a like secret society feel as well. You don't get the really intermixing a lot, like you don't get the backstory of everybody, but you do get fun little action interactions between them while you have these action scenes and while you have them trying to move through this plot. so yeah, really just fun. And, and, you know, the idea of not having to be committed to something either weekly for two to three months to know what's going on, not have to know what happened uh, two or three shows ago or two or three movies ago in order to fully enjoy this. Um, not having to set aside yet yeah, three hours to either go see this in a theater or at home to see, watch this. Um just very easy to pop on watch enjoy and then yeah move on from because one thing you and I aren't going to be talking about is what will Werewolf by Night 2 look like what will it look like when these (laughs) characters join uh, in the next Avengers movie we don't have to worry about all that and I think that's something that is going to alleviate the pressure for the MCU if they can kind of you know pop that into the balloon basically and say, okay, we can have some stuff over here that's going to get people off our backs where we can just make good products and people can just put put it on and enjoy rather than feel like they're in this Marvel machine, which there definitely is. And we're you know admitting to that, which we'll talk about when we talk about She-Hulk, but we also can do these other things. And we know that, and, and now we're starting to. So between Deadpool, between Werewolf by Night, the the uh TV shows doing TV shows now the different tones of the TV shows uh, I think we're definitely seeing them branch out into just a whole bunch of things that's really I think going to not only uh, business wise expand how you know what people enjoy and pick and choose to watch but also just the the quality of everything and that alleviates the pressure is the phrase I keep coming back to I think it's just going to help a lot of things for them right. I will say I was looking at the end credits. I was like, is there a second one or does this <laughs> I did. connect? I did fast forward through. I did fast forward through. Even if it's just like a fun little scene at the end. I mean, it's right. still, again, it's it, like it's still the MCU, right? You still get that right. feel and that excitement, which is the good thing. You don't want it to feel like this isn't a Marvel product because if they start doing that, then it's like, what are we, are you guys good at this anymore? Like, do you know? Like, it, yeah, right. we still very much, as much as we're saying it's nice that it's different, yeah, definitely fast forward it through the credits and, and <laughs> look for any kind of hint at anything else for sure. Um so yeah, go check out Werewolf by Night. Uh it's gonna yeah. be what Thursday when you guys listen to this or sometime over the weekend. Pop it on for an hour before you go to bed. Uh, I promise uh, like I said, it's TV fourteen. You won't have nightmares, don't worry. Um anything else here on World by Night.
1: Um I'm not, I didn't really pay this much attention to it, but did you see many like special effects or like, uh, like CGI? Like, I don't think they had that much and that might be because of the shortage and everything going going on, but I, I it, it felt different in that sense where, um, where I, I felt it, you know, of course the monster in the, uh, Ted and, um, that the actual werewolf, the, their CGI, but I feel like outside of that, um, didn't
0: really notice that much It's probably yeah it's very very little i think Mm -hmm. i mean i wonder how much you can do when you have the black and white effect i mean i guess you can do plenty because we saw in four um love and thunder plenty of special effects with black and white but yeah no i mean it's very minimal like you said it definitely feels like it's from decades and decades ago like you easily could have popped this on if you went if you took this movie in in, on a reel and you went back in time and you played it for somebody in the 50s or 60s like they might not think that much of it now of course they probably would but it it, it wouldn't be like if we had popped in you know avengers endgame for them and said yeah this is what a movie this is a movie right obviously it's completely different i think i think it's passable for the time period that it is trying to portray which is really cool and i didn't i wasn't Mm -hmm. sitting there feeling like i needed Right, big special effects for the story that it was telling. Right, that, and uh,
1: I'll say that I it, I just appreciated the low stakes of it. It was like, oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. just these monster hunters just kind of killing each other. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was, yeah, it was good in the sense that like, oh, the world
0: isn't ending now, you know, or the city isn't being taken down. So I did enjoy that. And even, like I said, the, this contains spoilers, so I am just going to say something that happens. Even the twist in the middle of our, right. our our mystery character coming in right and um him knowing the monster and he was actually there to free the monster free ted mm-hmm. right so even just that like even lowered the stakes from there because everyone's walking around everyone's trying to kill something you're like oh my god like what's gonna happen Every, it's a free-for-all everyone's trying to kill her, and then he's like hey buddy hey ted don't worry man i'm like i told you i was gonna <laughs> come get you. I, you just keep running away what are you doing and he's like ah like it's just okay this is this is just fun right and we don't have to be too worried about it. but then you turn around and yeah dude's getting his arm cut off and people are getting blown up and you know a bunch of other crazy stuff is happening all throughout so right a lot of fun Muhammad, let's dig into the Meat and potatoes of tonight's episode. We are, of course, here to talk about She-Hulk Attorney at Law, a nine-episode season one premiere of the She-Hulk Marvel character on Disney+. Plus. Um, just a brief description here. She-Hulk Attorney at Law goes through Jennifer Walters, cousin of Bruce Banner, uh, goes through the story of her obtaining her She-Hulk powers, uh, how she gets them, um, Uh, what it's like for her at the beginning, and then grappling with the change that she goes through becoming uh, a superhero who's also a public lawyer who, and everybody knows who she is, and um, just the drama and uh, stories that ensue based on becoming this superhero person. um, It was touted at the beginning, and I think a lot of people knew, I think some people didn't, know that this was all all, another thing that was supposed to be different from your typical mcu show or movie this wasn't going to be nine episodes of jen beating up bad guys and defeating you know a a big marvel villain that we all know and how this is going to connect to avengers and yada yada it was never going to be a hundred percent that we'll talk about where it might have looked like that at times and what it could be later but this was billed to us as a legal proceeding comedy, right? So a sitcom feel that's funny, and it's it's like you're watching a short, fun episode of Law and Order each week, right? That that was basically what it was supposed to be. And oh yeah, also it's She-Hulk, um, and that's very you know that that feels very of a piece with the character who for She-Hulk in the comics doesn't have a lot of her own individual runs it's a lot more popping in and out with the Avengers teaming up with the Avengers for things but also a lot of lawyering so it, it makes sense that this is kind of what it was about Muhammad before we get into kind of like episode by episode uh discussions or what all this means and, and specifics just what did you think of the show itself She-Hulk
1: yeah I thought it was a, a nice change of pace um just having a like you're saying a lighter comedy, um, especially after this summer um, or the the recent slate of kind of Marvel seriousness, um, that we get something light like even Miss Marvel, you, even though it it was supposed to be a little bit lighter, it just still still felt a little bit more serious, more again high stakes. Um, so it was nice to have this little brief interlude before we get into Black Panther. Um, but just having uh, you know seeing. Um, Jen interact uh, with all of these different MCU characters. I thought was great. Like you know, there there were a lot of cameos, uh, but I enjoyed it. Like you're saying, like she typically interacts with a lot of um, the Avengers and, and the different characters. But seeing like Wong and and Bruce and and having that that origin story set up for her, uh, and then I, I I really enjoyed the ride of kind of having of of seeing her figure out who she wants to be like Jen versus um, She-Hulk and and particularly seeing that dynamic of uh, when she isn't able to be She-Hulk and and seeing how that's kind of devastating for her towards the end. Whereas at the beginning uh, she was just like, I don't even want to be this person. Like I never signed up for this. I didn't even want this name. And then, you know, it's taken away from her. Um, You know, as we talk through the episodes, I'll talk through some of my, um, some of the things that I didn't like, uh, but it just some of the pacing just didn't feel right. Um, like, I feel like we went from kind of going up the mountain to stalling to going back down and then um, an immediate up. And then um, we have the, the conclusion of the show. So um, I just wish I had done that a little bit better. But overall, I think, you know, it achieved the purpose of what it was, of being just a comedy lighthearted uh, while also having some some stakes in, in kind of Jen figuring out who she is.
0: Overall, this was a lot of fun. I think this was one of the things that the MCU has put out where you do have to go in with the right expectations, because if you were willing to just kind of sit there every week and just watch something that's going to be fun and funny and different and it thinks differently and talks differently and acts differently and sounds different and feels just a completely different thing and you were open to it. This is a ton of fun. This is a really really good show. Tatiana Maslany is just like a genius and just so fun and funny to watch. If you haven't seen other stuff she's in, I highly recommend watching uh, Orphan Black because she is a character who has like multiple, I, I forget the show got kind of weird at the end like most shows do, but I forget it, it was either clones of herself or she like had a bunch of uh like identical siblings. Um and she was playing all of them with like very different personalities. So she's just a tremendous, tremendous performer. Um, and so just from her being in this, I was bought in. The fact that I got nine episodes instead of the like six or eight that most of these Marvel shows have gotten, uh, I was bought into at the beginning. So I was I was very in on the show from the start. I thought it had a very, very strong start, like you said, with giving us a very good origin story, but also it, it, this show told us everything. And I think that's my big thing. It told us exactly what it was from day one, right? We, we opened this show with um Jennifer Walters in her DA's office. She's an assistant uh, district attorney and she's practicing for court. She's going through what she's going to say. And then uh her, her, her friend is there with her who works with her and said, Oh, by the way, the Hulk thing. Right. And, uh, Tatiana looks at the camera because, again, She Hulk is a very fourth wall-breaking character. Only next, like the only person that does it more than She Hulk in the comics is Deadpool. Um, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, you said you, you know, you're here thinking it's a Hulk show. It. I'm gonna tell you what happened. But after this, this is gonna be a, a legal show, right? A legal comedy is what they kept calling it. So even from the beginning, it was like, "Hey, I'm gonna show you this really cool origin story." that you expect to see. I'm gonna learn how to use my powers. I'm gonna throw some things. I'm gonna smash some stuff and it's gonna be fun and action-y. But then we're getting right back to what the show is meant to be. Um, So I really appreciated that, getting kind of both ends of that right at the beginning. And then we had, what, like four or five episodes before we really did anything that felt like superhero-y, right? It was all about Jen learning how to be jen and she hulk and that's also a piece with the comics but we had the first i'd say maybe the first three episodes where she was like nope i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna like you said she was rejecting the name she was rejecting everything i'm just a lawyer who happens to have these powers uh jen can turn into she hulk and back into into jen at will it's not like bruce where it's um bruce and then he gets mad and is the hulk and then becomes smart Hulk. she just does it on her own she can control it the first three episodes, she wants nothing to do with She-Hulk. She's only going to be Jen. I think it's basically the next three episodes after that where it's like, hey, no, I want to be She-Hulk. I want, to, I want this to be a part of me. I want this to be how I live my life because She-Hulk is strong and confident and people like her, yada, yada. And then over the last three episodes, she finds out how to do both, right? And, and even the closing uh, scene... They, they ask her how she plans to defeat bad guys in in in, uh, in the world, right? Are you going to do it as Jen Walters, the attorney, or are you going to do it as She-Hulk? And she says both. Figuring that out was was the journey for her in the show. It wasn't, who's the bad guy? Let me go fight them. So I really appreciated that. And yeah, I mean, the show was funny, man. And it wasn't afraid to poke fun at not only itself, but the MCU at large, right. which I think is really, really important for the mcu to do because again it's taking hits left and right so the, the best thing you can do when you're when you're taking hits like that is accept it and own up to it so you have megan the stallion in, in the show uh, and you have I, she holds twerking with her which is just which was hilarious but again like you've got to be able to poke fun at yourself you have a a AI super robot at the end, K-E-V-I-N, being Kevin Feige, all but wearing a a plain baseball cap, controlling things and saying, no, we have to follow the algorithm and and just everything in between in terms of what we expect a Marvel property to be and saying, no, I'm I'm not afraid to be different and give you different stuff because one, we need it. And two, it can still be really, really good. Um, I'm looking at the episode list here again. Mohamed, what do you think? And I think I know your answer without even looking at the list. What would you say was your favorite episode from Sheeple?
1: You know what I'm going to say, man. I episode know, just go, eight. Just
0: episode ahead. eight. Um, I forget what the episode title is. I just. Um, Are you ready for it? You ready for it? I have it right yes. here. Go for Ribbit it. Ribbit and Rip It. Ribbit and Rip It. <laughs> Starring Leapfrog, the greatest superhero right. villain of all time.
1: Oh, man. He was wild. And, um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, it was just an overall enjoyable episode. Um, I'm just going to go to it, right? We see Matt Murdock. We don't hey, really, I don't really like the suit, of course. Um, but I forget what what he says, but the music starts playing. I had just bumped uh-huh. in. I was like, yo, this is I'm, – I'm so here for it. And then we had, like, you know, again, the She-Hulk show, and, and she was able to kind of, like um, – you know, even though Daredevil was in it, he didn't seem overly commanding of kind of the episode because she did at the very end, like, you know, we had the hallway scene, which is like one of the most iconic uh, scenes of episode one uh, or season one of Daredevil. And rather than getting that, we see uh, She-Hulk just coming down. She's like, no, I can, right. Rather than just like taking them out one by one, I'm just going to do what I do and and take all of these guys out right now with my sheer power. Um but yeah, no, it was, it was a uh, kind of a great plot uh, of the episode two because we got to see the progression of kind of the lawyer um, see both uh, Jen and Matt in court facing off and then kind of that progression into uh, the the actual crime fighting, um, which is I think what I enjoyed most about uh, Daredevil and, and I guess other crime and uh, I guess lawyer and crime shows, (laughs) uh, similar to those. So it it felt like a very nice progression. Um, I thought Jen and Matt had a great chemistry together too. Um, and even like that scene where they're, they're fighting on top of, uh, I think Jen was it Jen driving out. Um, and then Matt was on top of our car that whole fight scene I thought was so cool too, where where they were uh, kind of duking it out. So yeah, I think, I think that one is probably my favorite.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I knew that was going to be the case. And obviously you just mentioned you're rewatching that Daredevil series uh, right now. So that makes a lot of sense. I was, I mean, that was a great episode. That was a ton of fun. And, and my, my wife and I were watching this together and she looked over at me and she was like, are they forcing this because he has a show coming out? I was like, no, this is another thing that these two are a very like big time pairing in the comics because they are both lawyers and it really is just that easy. And, and luckily, yeah, you said it, Charlie Cox and Tatiana Mislein just have such a great chemistry already. Um, And so you just hope and pray that like everything that either one of those two are going to be in moving forward, whether it's small screen or big screen, includes the other because they're just so good together on screen, both in the courtroom and out in a fight. I love that with the hallway scenes, we got like a mini version of it, right? Where right. they just kind of, he ran through the first time and it was like, that is a hallway and there are bad guys. But then when we had the big setup for it, yeah, she was very clearly smashing through. And again, she told us it was happening. And that with the with the cameos, and, and we can mention some of the other ones, but she was very quick every time to say, this is still my show, this is still my show. Because she knew right. the masses that are watching this are going to very quickly prefer a Wong or a Daredevil or a Blonsky over what I'm trying to do. Um, So to, so to kind of call us out on that and call our attention on and say, Hey, don't forget this is still my show was something that I thought was really, really big and important. But for, for that um, Daredevil scene where he was like, okay, I'm going to go in. It's going to take me, I'm going to, you know, there's about 20 guys in there. I'm going to go, I can hear their heartbeats. I'm going to go, I'm going to get them here. I'm going to get them there. Get And she's like, or, you know, I could just run in and, like, smash everything. It's kind of what I do. So she, she told us, hey, I'm probably just going to run in because we don't have time for this. Um, right. That was a lot of fun. I think for me, my favorite episode, it really is It really is hard to pick. Pro- it's probably one of the earlier ones, though. Although I did love the retreat. The retreat was funny. You kept yeah, waiting oh for gosh, the retreat to go bad, though. Right. And it just, it it's a this is something, one. right? It's just, it's just good. I, I think probably the, um, the people versus Emil Blonsky uh-huh. was my favorite because I could. That's where you could really feel she could handle the cameos that were coming with it, right? Because Blonsky was one that we knew was in this the whole time. We knew, uh, and, and of course the the theories were just kind of off the wall right okay is he the big bad is he going to lead them to the big right. Blonsky, which was in the incredible hulk movie which you and i talked about when we did our um, marvel movie ranking spot a few weeks ago um are we going to get the leader who was also hinted at in that movie okay and then and then if the leader's in then who else is in and well and we were getting all this stuff and Blonsky just rolled in and was like nah man i'm chill and jen was in charge of that still the whole time so you've mentioned it with matt murdoch where no matter what he did, she was able to kind of one up him and, and take the spotlight back. She set the stage for that very early on in the show. And I think once, once for me, cause even, you know, I'm, I've made this whole point of like, you had to know what the show was about early on, you know, the first two episodes, you do still wonder, but then to see Blonsky show up so early and right. then her just completely steal the spotlight from, from him. That was when I knew, okay, no, the, the Show knows what it's about, the show knows what direction to take it, so I think that was my favorite. Um, we have sure a it of... wasn't for uh Megan the Stallion twerking at the end, it might have been also... hating on that. And I was just I like, let, let people have fun, like again, man. Comic, comic books are weird, man. Comic books are silly, they're goofy. Let it be fun. The fact that somebody from the non comics pop culture right once to come now of course disney probably dropped the bag and, and that's a big reason she was there but apparently she was like really into this like she heard that they were like uh-huh. looking for somebody and she like wanted to do it and she like took it seriously i heard it like it was a big deal and she would like to keep doing stuff so like the right. more we can cross these these cultures together is it's just better because we're gonna get stuff that leans more this way and includes more people and that's what that's what this world's supposed to be about so yeah man i'm into it because my i mean my sister what came and watched this with us she was like oh, i wasn't really that into it she watches a, a lot of the marvel stuff but not everything we were like no no you have to watch and this happened to be the episode that came out and she right. died laughing and then i think she finished the show so it's like just keep doing this man um right. we have a lot more nice things to say about this and we will but let's do the other part of our quote-unquote job and and you, I think you mentioned it, and I'm, I've been trying to solidify my answer here, but where did the show kind of have some missteps for you, would you say, if any? Yeah, I you know,
1: like you were mentioning with the big bad and, like, kind of the direction, I feel like we got faked out a few times, um, which is good. Like, I mean, I like being kind of on the edge of my seat, but we didn't really get, like, the true direction of where this was going. And, of course, part of the, the show is Jen figuring out who she is. Um, and we had like little mini bads, uh, but it didn't really get like high, like any stakes until episode eight, you know, like at the very end, or sorry, episode seven, when we see uh, at the end of the retreat of, um, I forget my man's name, but he took, a, <laughs> uh, he took a picture uh, the the uh, or he, he stole the data off the phone and took the picture of her and, and all of that. And, and so that's so why I was like, Oh snap, it's getting real now. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm finally here, but that's, you know, the show started, what, mid-August, and this was end of September, where we, you know, we're like, I've been tuning in every week, and, you know, I, I have, I, you know, we did enjoy the the ride, but it just, I felt like, pacing-wise, we just kind of were on this roller coaster um, where things didn't really get very hot and up until the very end, and so I wish we had a little bit more of uh, kind of that intelligentsia Uh, Hulking, king um, all of that if that's where that was heading and we got the little tidbits of it uh, but I just wish that we kind of got a little bit more um, of that and then even towards the end like she never had a confrontation with him you know it was just kind of like oh he was part of the Hulking king and the Hulking king is the big bad but like he was also pretty grimy for for what he did and so her not having kind of that that conversation I thought was um, uh, was a little disheartening
0: it it was a weird way to go about it and so here here's where i landed cuz again i took i took the last episode as an extremely informative episode for almost like almost like the show's manifesto like what were we trying to do in the previous 8 episodes we're going to tell you here in this ninth episode right. and before i even get into those answers i think this is where for a lot of people things kind of derailed i was fine with it but you can if you want to be a completely different show right if you want to completely uh subverse expectations you do a one of two ways you either just do it and you're completely different and you move on and you say we're nine episodes it's a legal comedy and all you do is week by week new case Mm -hmm. new characters one cameo every three episodes and it's funny and it's self-contained and with like within each episode even and that's it and and over the course of that you have Jen deciding if she's Jen or She-Hulk and then both and and you leave it at that your risk of that is by episode four people falling out and saying "Eh, this isn't really what I wanted I thought this was going to at least be you know like like WandaVision or miss marvel and and you know, there's going to be a villain someone to beat and yada yada oh and, and then not only do those people fall out but some of them even say this show is bad because there's no villain for her to fight so then yeah you pepper in to some villains right you have the you have the i think they're called the wrecking crew the right. the four guys with the, that steal has guardian construction tools basically and they try to steal her dna and then yeah, they're messaging the whole king. Oh, we couldn't get it. And then you have Josh at the wedding, and then mix in Titania, and you know, you have these other things built in. And then you kind of get to the end. And when it gets to a classic, you know, Marvel ending where it's like, oh, this was what it was building up to. And then they intentionally make it a little bit messy, but in a way that is like, oh, yeah, Marvel knows it does this because now, now Blonsky's getting in on the fight, even though he very clearly wasn't. You know, right. part of the issue and then Hulk just happens to come back and then that's a thing and now um King, and then Titania smashes yeah. through like the Kool-Aid right. man and then Hulk King has, is now a new Hulk and you have all this stuff and then Jen just stops everything says wait this isn't what the show is about and that was a cool moment for me and then we see her we'll talk about the fourth wall break separately but we see her break the fourth wall and then completely change how the show's ending goes and, to, and for her to just say, this isn't what the show is about. This isn't what I want. This isn't what our goal was at the beginning. Here's how I want the ending to go. And it's everyone just gets arrested and I take them to court and I sue them and I win. And that's it. It doesn't have to be this big, crazy fight. And so that's the other version of completely changing what we think a Marvel show or a Marvel property can be. Because it's, hey, why do we need this? Because she even looked at the camera and said, is this what you want? Do you want this big, weird fight with people we haven't seen in eight or three or five episodes just showing up and punching each other? Uh, I mean, you could do that in some things, but that's not what we're going to do. So I really appreciated that because it it was a risk. Um, I was at least able to watch that and take it as, okay, uh, this now informs everything that's happened in the previous eight episodes to me. But I know some people didn't feel that way. And you and I were texting one of my biggest issues specifically was even you mentioned the pacing, but at the very end of chapter eight, chapter eight, uh, episode eight. (laughs) And I, I think that was even the episode where at the end when it happened, yeah, she was like, wait, isn't this over? Like, why are we doing something else? And then then they went to the award ceremony and then that's when the intelligentsia video happened and and she hulks out and everything. Um, but she even said, like, why are we doing this right now? This seems weird. And that's exactly how I felt And when you and I were talking. It was, it feels like they're shoehorning this in. And that's because it was calling out, hey, we've had some crappy endings in Marvel. And it's because we do all this stuff. And then we try to shove everything in at the end. You and I in the MCU movie rankings talked about one of the keys was, how long is that last act? How long is that last fight scene? If you get to the last fight scene and there's more than 30 minutes left to go in the movie, yikes, that's probably not good. Um, So I like the way that they went about it. Again, there are two ways they could have done it. So in terms of the pacing, how you try to throw all that, throw all that stuff in the end? I took that as intentional. So I give them, I gave them points for that. For me where I kind of got off track for a bit other than, other than that. And again, because that was very well explained to me, but the thing I, Now that the show is over, I'm still like, eh, didn't love that. You mentioned that there was kind of a valley, right? We were climbing up the first few episodes and then we kind of hit a weird lull before we climbed back out of it. And I think it was episodes five and six for me. (laughs) Um, That was Mean Green and straight poured into these jeans where uh, She-Hulk discovers Titania owns the name She-Hulk and is suing her for trademark Mm -hmm. infringement. And then Just Jen, which is the wedding uh, episode those two episodes were I think they were both the shortest ones of the of the show episode two was just as long um and yeah that was it so there were two of the three shortest episodes and they had a very uh uh, strong through line between them so it just kind of felt like they could have been one episode right so that was that was the part for me where at the end of episode six which you know the wedding that was where she had her like moment of realization, like, okay, like I'm starting to come out of this where I don't have to just be She-Hulk, right? That was the, the end of the second three episodes. I can I can do both things. I can be Jen also, and I can love the She-Hulk part of me. Um, and I'm wrapping up sort of this story with Titania. You know, so it just, it that felt like it could have been one episode. So that was where I was like, do we really need nine episodes instead of eight? And, and looking back on it, even though I feel like not episode nine was informing us of the first eight episodes, that bit for me was just kind of like, okay, we we kind of slowed down here. But again, I'd love, you know, episode seven and eight were awesome. Two of the best episodes of, of the season and episode three and even four, because episode four was the the Wong and Madison with with two N's and a Y, but not where you uh, think uh, popped in. So really good bookends around it. Just those middle two episodes for me. Um I kind of fell off a tiny, tiny bit. Let's see here, moving on from this, in terms of where we'll probably bounce back into the season itself at some point, but in terms of where we go from here, like what are you, what are you expecting? What are you maybe looking for from She-Hulk going forward?
1: Yeah, um, I see, <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny with the whole Kevin thing. It was like, oh yeah, am I gonna be on the big screen? yes really no (laughs) so um so i mean it would be cool to see her kind of in in, um probably not getting her own movie is what it sounds like but um at least crossing over with with some of the other projects and, and um interacting with the other characters uh it'll be interesting to see how she kind of flows um you know this is her show again like as <laughs> she reiterated throughout which i enjoyed um, but what what is that going to look like when she's on someone else's show or on uh in another movie like Is she going to be able to do the fourth ball breaks? Is that going to kind of take away or take us out of the the current moment? Um, So uh, it'll be really interesting to see how each individual director or showrunner or uh, uh, takes that into account. Uh, But I am interested to see how her her kind of personality and chemistry uh, is with the other um, main characters of of the MCU, kind of seeing her interact uh, just like she did with, uh, all of the various cameos, I thought, you know, seeing her with Wong and, and, uh, Blonsky and, and everyone like that, I think she's going to be a really good fit. I, I think she has that personality. Uh, I, of, of course I don't know in, in real life, but you know, it, it seems like she's that type of person to kind of get along with people. Um, and I think that is a good trait to, to have in, um, in this universe where you're interacting with so many people and get and, get, and um, interacting getting along with them um which kind of will shine on the, the bigger the small screen so i'm just excited to see where, where they take her and, and how uh they kind of incorporate her character um like you're mentioning in the comics she she's in a lot of the, the avengers um uh different storylines so seeing how she's wrapped up again we haven't even like Of course, this this show isn't about the multiverse, but like, how does that kind of come in into this and uh, looking at um, thinking about like, what's the possibility of another She-Hulk coming in and who else would play her and and all of that and, and seeing that that whole thing would be, be very entertaining to watch and I'd love to see it. So, um, I know this is just the origin story, just to start, but it'll be very interesting to see the kind of the larger events at the MCU and, and how she reacts to those larger stakes. Whereas, you know, this was relatively a, uh, self-contained story. Um, and seeing how that kind of how her dynamic kind of, uh, translates to the other stories.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, we mentioned at the top, Tatiana is very, uh, adept already at playing herself in multiple versions so keep it going by all means let's talk about the fourth wall break and the kevin of it all because i think this could very well this very well does tie into to to this and where we go from here so we get to the big fight scene in the last episode it's messy and jen says enough is enough she stops what she's doing she pauses everything she says, We're not doing this. She pulls down the screen. We get the She-Hulk logo. She punches through it. She's now in the Disney Plus home screen. She's poking out of her tile. She's looking around at where, where to go. What can how do I fix this? She finds the is it the like behind the scenes or like how Marvel is made. Right. Assembled. Like, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Marvel assembled, yeah. MCU assembled, Avengers assembled, something like that. And she's like, okay, that'll work. She breaks in there. She's now walking around the Marvel campus. She goes, uh, first, she's in the writer's room. Jessica Gow, who directed this, is in there. And she's talking to them about, really, this is the ending you guys want to do? Oh, cool, someone steals my blood to get my powers. Like, that's never been done before. Um, The writers kind of agree with her, but are also sticking up for themselves. And then she's like, I want to talk to who's in charge. And they're like, you will not talk to Kevin. I will kill you for before you get to talk to Kevin. So this almost like cult following of Kevin Feige, they kind of call out and make fun of, which is really funny. Um, I know you're a closed captioning person. Uh, so did so? I'm assuming you noticed that Kevin, was right. Immediately, uh, uh, what is it called? An acronym? I don't know. K E V I N had the periods between all of them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, anybody that's connected to my English or language background. But so you know, something weird and and funny is gonna. I kind of was hoping Feige would be in there and he would be like an android or something. But you know, I guess. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still too closely related. So they didn't want to do any of that. Um, she, uh, uh, Jen then goes and finds this Kevin and, and is now asking questions about, hey, how is all this stuff made? How did this get decided? Who picked this? Why can't I pick it? We got a lot of fun Easter eggs in there. You mentioned it uh, when we were talking about Werewolf by Night, but it talks about the VF, VFX team uh, and, and the issues related to what they're going through and what they're um complaining about marvel about so basically that all the jobs are too rushed there's too much to do marvel wants everything on a dime the way they want it when they want it um i don't think all of those complaints really came out before this episode was written so it's a little awkward but also just really funny that they're like oh hey can you change back to jen but do it off screen because the vfx team (laughs) they're already done with this project they've moved on um so that's how they uh, Got Jen back to herself from She-Hulk in the scene. Jen then calls out, "Like, what's with all the daddy issues that all these all these characters have? Like, what are we doing here? Let's change up basically the type of character that we star our shows around." Um, then she asks if we're gonna get the X-Men, and, and Kevin's kind of like, "All right, just simmer down." So basically telling the audience, uh, y- "Yeah, we'll we'll get there, but don't worry about it." She then uh, when she's asking questions about like her making decisions. Kevin does say, you can do that next season. And Jen has the moment where she goes, "I get another season?" Kevin was like, "Yeah." She was like, "All right, cool." So that was us getting I think confirmation that there's going to be a right. She-Hulk season 2. Um, which is really fun. She did also like you said she asked about uh some he mentioned something about the big screen. She was like, "Ooh, me and." He was like, "Yeah, no." But Mark Ruffalo was on the red carpet for for one of these movies or maybe it was even the premiere of this um where he said there's not going to be an Avengers movie without her and we know Mark Ruffalo spills the beans on things so maybe that was just you're not going to have a movie on your own but yeah can we get you in with the Avengers which would be pretty right. cool um and make a lot of sense but i think at least getting a season 2 of her getting her probably in the Daredevil show where there's 18 episodes in this first season uh, she's bound to be in a couple of those um, is going to be pretty great. And then when she says she wants daredevil to drop back in uh, and he literally falls from the sky in the final scene uh, to, to join at the end and go to the family cookout family barbecue was definitely a and great stay bit. with them for a week <laughs> and just hang out for, yeah, we just started like hooking up, but you know, definitely stay here for a week with me. Um, fun stuff. So what did you think about a fourth wall break this huge where she's literally on the Disney home screen? I mean, I thought there was something wrong. I thought my show got my internet went out or something weird happened. Right. Um and she's so blatantly talking to us, but talking to Kevin about how Marvel stuff is made. What did you think about, you know, cuz we we got a lot of the side conversations with the camera and that's pretty easy and and simple to work through and watch. But this was very different. What did you think about a fourth wall break this big?
1: Yeah, so I
0: texted you. I
1: initially didn't like it. It just Uh felt a little bit extra, and I think part of it is just like she was just being a little extra. And now I see, like I see the value in her being extra. Um, And and so I like seeing her talk to the writers and 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 kind of go through and talk to Kevin. You know, it was a lot of just poking fun at the whole Marvel machine. And and so, um, like you're mentioning, I think they have to at this point um, have that conversation. It's just like we we. It's kind of like validating the fan base. Like we we see we we see you, we hear you, um, and and we'll we'll try to be better starting with this show, because um, yeah, th- there's no way the show could have ended in a big fight, and that's like that's the end. Um, although I will say some people would enjoy that, you know the that like poor oh, yeah, group. Yep. Um, but I think what bothered me probably the most is the the ending, and I know that she chose the ending, and like you know uh, like that's why things are the way they are uh, but just like kind of like the logical consistencies of it uh, of course it's it's her world but uh, like like she's just allowed to be she-hulk again you know um, like no one is, you know even though she like sued them or you know like worked it out legally people still saw her rampaging you know and like they still had this image of her um and then yeah the whole Matt Murdock flying out of the sky I thought was 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 pretty funny and and then Hulk coming in with his son (laughs) who looked like Shrek there's so many memes I don't know if you've (laughs) seen those I thought were I thought that was pretty funny um and you know while that was a last minute addition um it felt a little bit like kind of rushed in um I thought it you know I thought it was a cool way to kind of set up the next, you know, World War Hulk and and, and kind of that without having to explain it too much. So, um, but yeah, I think overall I, I'm feeling pretty good about it and I hope kind of they, they do this more um, of just kind of breaking the traditional... Like, this is how we're going to do it. This is how it's been for 14 years. So let's kind of continue this. So um, I, I enjoyed them doing something different and branching out. And even though it was a little too a little bit extra for, for my taste, uh, I thought uh, it, it was a great way for them to address kind of the, the things that have been going wrong.
0: Well, yeah, I almost think that because they hit it so hard in this season, maybe season two can just be the legal comedy where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. Obviously, you've seen season one, if you're watching this season two, you know what the deal is, I can just be what this show is meant to be. And then with with still some of the fourth wall breaking, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that our attention has been uh, correctly put in place in terms of what this show is. and, And we can move on from there. Yeah, just the whole i mean i i just liked it (laughs) i enjoyed the fourth wall break i thought it was a lot of fun i thought it was very i mean it answered all of my questions like i said coming out of episode eight then even as we're moving all through episode nine i'm wondering what exactly is happening where exactly we're going and then for it to so blatantly say like this is stupid and, and your question itself it was just uh I thought really, really well done and really, really smart of them to do. And then the way they did it just felt very true to the character when this whole, the whole point of them doing this at the end was, let's get back to Jen. Let's get back to She-Hulk. Let's get back to what the character and show are really about. And it felt like a very She-Hulk way to do it. So just that nod to that, that part of the character, the nod also to the like 1970s Incredible Hulk opening credits also at the beginning or in the middle mm-hmm. somewhere, I forget where it actually ended up, but with the grainy film and, and like the, almost that same like horror like mentality, which was exactly the opening credits to the Lou Frigno uh, show from the Hulk. So those elements of um co- going outside of itself as the show with, with the fourth wall breaks, I thought was all really fun. You mentioned Scar. Um, I need to dig into this a little bit more, but uh him showing up being yeah like a grown man also made me a little uh con- confused like how old is Scar supposed to be here right. um when did we leave Sakar? when did we come back to Sakaar so I have so- I do have some questions there which might make me sound like I don't know what I'm talking about but was not what I was expecting um but a lot of fun and just yeah
1: and he looks
0: Andy Andy looks like Shrek like he's I'm I am looking back at this and he has the like soccer player hair right where it's like really long looks like he has like the the headband that goes across the top of it I don't know really I don't care though really and it was also funny that it's that it's the middle of that barbecue scene and Hulk just shows up he's like guys this is my son and then Jen's just like we're not doing this right now Um, again just another like note of her uh, just kind of taking ownership over this whole thing um it did feel like uh at the end of a fast and furious movie with the cookout oh <laughs> my like, gosh family uh, <laughs> <laughs> that just makes me think of the scene with the rock and and tyrese where tyrese uh-huh. says "Uh oh look who's here better hide the baby oil and the rock says better hide that big ass forehead and then that <laughs> scene was not planned and Ludacris spits his drink out and that was all real um oh god that's so funny the fourth wall break I, I do know it was a lot like I said and, and my hope just is this moving forward and the closing thought is really just this officially is declaring what this character is about what this show will continue to be about so for however many seasons we get um if we do get to just like a true legal comedy after this I'll be very very happy um, I mean we there, there could be so much more we could talk about, but uh, really just everybody, I I would implore you guys to check this show out if you haven't already. Um, we didn't even mention, really, are they at all? The, the Wong scenes, which were just hilarious. He's becoming just a true superstar of the MCU. Right. Um, the, the further scenes with Emil Blonsky we get, uh, and then all the little side characters we get, the uh, man bull and the not matador matador. And uh, we mentioned the leapfrog Leapfrog. there there's so there's too many to name there's so many good ones so uh, i would definitely just tell everybody check the show out if you haven't already but muhammad do you have any closing thoughts on she hulk or the mcu or where we're going or, or what all this is uh what all this meant to you yeah i'll say don't
1: listen to the haters uh like the intelligentsia folks that were uh being trolls in the show there are a bunch of people that are being trolls even before like the show came out or before the trailer even came out. So definitely give it a chance. It's a lot of fun. Um, At the very least you can sit down and for 30 minutes per episode, you can just kind of sit back and relax and kind of enjoy what the, what uh, Jen has kind of given to us. And, and uh, I think it's a, it feels kind of like a new wave of, of kind of the MCU of, of, of storytelling kind of in
0: this, within this universe. So. Yeah, I think I think the theme of this whole podcast episode has been the MCU is changing and it's evolving. So make sure, you know, whether it's these things that we're talking about tonight uh, that, that you're going to watch or have watched or just this stuff moving forward. You can't just go into a Marvel property now and just expect what we've seen for the last 14 years. You have to know. I'm not saying you have to like go read all the comics, but just pay attention, know a little bit um obviously if you want to avoid spoilers you're not googling too much about the characters or the movie specifically but just walk in with an open mind if you don't want to do the stuff beforehand to find out about the character okay is this a uh captain america civil war type of thing or is this a uh werewolf by night sort of thing or is it a shield type of show or is it a moon Knight, or is it yada 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 there there are going to be different flavors and different things in the mcu moving forward and and again it's for it is for the better i think it's going to help the product and help the viewership but just just know what you're expecting because i totally understand if you walked into this show thinking it was just going to be she hulk beating up bad guys you probably were very disappointed and i and i definitely understand that so just going with an open mind and, and an open heart uh all right muhammad i think that about does it for us tonight uh you feeling good feeling good uh, i gotta get back to my cat documentary so right yeah <laughs> yeah we can't leave that pause for too long uh muhammad and i are going to be back in just a couple of weeks we're going to do some non-mcu pop culture fandom stuff muhammad should we tell everybody what that's going to be now
1: yeah let's do it
0: so house of the dragon if you guys haven't heard uh the, the game of thrones uh prequel spinoff show mom and i are going to be talking about that in a couple of weeks um that episode will be coming out to you uh november 2nd november 3rd that first week in november um we are also going to talk about maybe some better call Saul action which i'll hopefully have Season six wrapped up. I just watched uh, episode three, season six today. So we're moving right along. Muhammad's very excited that I just told him. So high. Um, just uh, so great. And we're going to be talking some news yeah. about, we, we we won't share it right now because we'll wait for this one, but a cult show that Muhammad and I are very big fans of that's been gone a while, had made some announcements recently. And we'll be talking about that in a couple weeks. So, be on the lookout. Stay tuned, everybody. Muhammad thank you so much for being here, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, for sure. And everybody, thank you to you for being here as well. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you'll see it in your feed every Thursday if you do. But you can uh, please like, subscribe, rate, review, all the good stuff with the pod. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll be back to you next week. So uh, have fun and be safe out there, everybody.